14. I'll read from verses 15 through 24. Luke 14, 15 through 24. Jesus is here having a banquet with some of the Pharisees who invited him to have this meal. And he is sitting at the table with them. And as he seated at the table with them, he started telling this, this story, this parable. There it goes. And when one of, one of them, that is one of the Pharisees that sat at meat with him, that is Jesus, heard these things, he, he said unto him, Blessed is he that shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. Then said he unto him, that is, Jesus said unto him, A certain man made a great supper and bade many, that is, he invited many, and sent his, supper, his servant at supper time to say to them that were invited, Come, for all things are now ready. And they all with one consent, all at once, began to make excuse. The first say unto him, I have bought a piece of ground, and I must go and see it. I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go out to prove them. I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So that servant came and showed his Lord these things. Then the master of the house, being angry, say to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city, and bring in here the poor and the cripple and the hot and the blind. And the servant say, Lord, it is done as you have commanded, and yet there is room. And the Lord say unto the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges, and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. For I say unto you, that none of those men which were invited shall taste of my supper. This far the reading of God's word. Let us pray and ask for God's blessing. Our Lord and Heavenly Father, we come before you, Lord, in this day, asking for thy blessing, asking to be fed not only physically, but especially spiritually. O oh Lord, open our eyes, our ears, and let us hear and see thy Son. Let us hear your message, Lord, and speak to us in such a way that we are compelled to come in before you. We ask all these in Jesus' name. Amen. So since I came to America, one of the things that I like here the most is the holidays. The holiday seasons, Christmas time, Thanksgiving and all that. And one of the reasons is because there are so much good food. There are so many great meals, good suppers that we share with friends and family. All these special times that we can share a nice meal with someone that is special for us as well. And in this passage, we have the most important and the greatest meal of all, the most important banquet of all, the gospel banquet. Jesus is sitting here eating with the Pharisees, but he starts telling them about a far greater banquet, a far more important banquet, the banquet of the gospel. He tells them this parable about this meal, about this 
great king who made this such a wonderful meal to share with many. He invited so many people to come. But he's telling this to make a point, to tell a story about a heavenly reality, about how the Father made this meal, this heavenly meal to share with all. And we'll see how the master, Jesus himself, show, shows how the gospel comes to those who are undeserved, those who are strangers, outsiders, those who had nothing to offer, those who couldn't even come by themselves, but it's precisely to those that the gospel comes. And those who, who thought that had something, those who thought that had some merit, who thought that they were good, these ones were left outside. They missed the heavenly banquet. They missed the gospel banquet. And we'll see three simple points here about the three different audiences of which Jesus is speaking. First, we'll see the old guests, those who the master invited first. And then we'll see the new guests, that is those who the master invited afterwards. And thirdly, we'll see the servant which is used, the compelling servant, which is used to bring the message. So in this passage that Jesus is eating with this man, that feast, that meal was going kind of from bad to worse. They were having a tough conversation. Jesus was, were, was challenging those Pharisees. He was pointing to them, to their beliefs, and saying that they were being a bad leadership for the people. He was pointing them how were they, they were being a terrible leadership. They were missing the most important thing. You see how ironic it is? The Pharisees were eating with Jesus face to face, closer than we are right here. But yet, they didn't recognize that Christ was king. They didn't recognize that Jesus Christ was God. They didn't recognize him as the son of God who came to save the lost. And Jesus starts challenging them, challenging them one after the other, challenging their beliefs and prompting their hearts to believe. And as the meal was going kind of from bad to worse, one of them said in verse 15, Blessed is everyone who eat bread in the kingdom of God. Wow, that sounds right, doesn't it? That is right. Blessed are all those who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. Blessed are all those who will enter heaven and will partake of the banquet in heaven with God. But Jesus is going to challenge, not what he says, but the presupposition in his heart. He's going to challenge the assumption that he had that he himself was going to attend that banquet. He's going to ask him directly, have you yourself accept the invitation of the gospel? And that is precisely the question that I want to ask you this morning. Have you accept the invitation of the gospel if you accept the command that christ gives for all to come to come to him to come to the gospel banquet and we'll see how responding to this invitation is the most important invitation of our lives and those who stay outside find no find no hope for them but those who come inside where jesus is find no condemnation so first, let us see the, the old guests. We'll read about them in verse 16 and 17. Uh, at that time, it would be common to have two invitations for any meal. So before a meal, 
they would receive this first invitation almost as an RSVP that you need to sign first and telling, yes, I, I plan on attending that meal. And then when the meal was ready, when the food was at the table, a second invitation would be sent. And a servant would come and tell, now the food is ready. The food is at the table. Everything is now ready. So come, it's time to come. And this invitation that we have here is precisely the second invitation. The servant is coming to tell them that the food is at the table. Everything is ready. So it's time to come. Well, it would, it would be so rude, a sign of disrespect to say yes to the first invitation, but still to say no in the second one, or to be late for the second one, or simply to doesn't come to the invitation after all. Because it would be a sign of the disrespect to all that the master has done, all that the king has done preparing this food, this delicious food. And yet, this person would neglect to such a degree that it wouldn't come in the second time. But this is precisely what they do, isn't it? And the text says that all at one began to make excuses. So Jesus is already telling us that what is, what is following is nothing but excuses. Although they are going to sound right, they are going to sound right in themselves, things that are not wrong in themselves, they were being used as excuses to not come to the banquet. The first one is, I have bought a piece of ground and I must go and see it. Well, it's certainly that this man did not buy a land or a field without seeing the land first. But for him, his possessions were more important than attending to the banquet. In a very similar way, the second one said, I have bought five yoke of oxen and I must go and test them out. But it's also certainly that this man did not buy so many yoke of oxen without knowing their qualities, without testing them first. But for him, his plans, his possessions were also more important than attending to the feast. You see, both of these things are sign of wealth, of abundance, buying field, buying so many yoke of oxen. That, that means that that guy had so much land to plow that he needed so many oxen to work. So both of these men were wealth, but yet they were giving these excuses not to go to that banquet. And the third guy comes and he is more creative than the first two. He said, I have married a wife and therefore I cannot come. He was more creative because he was using here the, uh, an Old Testament law that would free someone that, uh, that was newly married from going to war. You see, someone that had just got married would be free from going to war for a few years. And he was using this. He was using this as an excuse not to attend this, this banquet. But it's hard to see how being newly married would free someone from, from going to a banquet on, on the contrary, our spouses would much appreciate a night off and going to a nice meal, going to a nice feast is actually a good place to be with the, our spouses. So this man was using this as an excuse. And he was so sure that this was something right that he didn't say like the other ones, oh, I pray you, have me excuse. No, he simply said, I cannot come. He was certain he was certain that he had a good reason not to attend to the master's banquet. But you see, at the end, 
these were all excuses. These were all ridiculous excuses and they missed this banquet. And what are the consequences of missing this banquet? Was this a regular banquet? Were this just like an, another meal that we have? No. This was the most important banquet of all. You see, Jesus uses the same picture in another gospel in Matthew, telling about a king who made a, a, a feast for his son's wedding. But on that banquet, he says that those who stayed outside were cast into the outer darkness. They were cast into hell because they missed the banquet of his son. It's the same picture. This man, verse 24, tells us that they were left outside and they shall not taste of the master's supper. This man missed the only invitation that they had to attend the celestial banquet. Oh, what a terrible consequence it is. This was not a regular banquet. This was not a, just about food, just about physical food that perishes. But this was about attending to the sons, to Jesus Christ's banquet in heaven. And they missed that. They neglect that. They gave excuses for that. And I ask you, what is your excuse? What is the excuse that you have been go given? Perhaps week after week, you still hear the same message. You still come here and perhaps you still go to another church, but it's still... You give excuses, and more excuses for not coming to Christ, for not coming before the king, for not bending your knee before the king and asking him for forgiveness. There are many excuses that we can give that may sound right in themselves. Perhaps work, or oh, I need to take care of my health. Or no, I, I need to, to work so much that I, can, I don't have time to, to pay attention to this. But at the end... They were just excuses. Thank you. They were just excuses not to coming to the banquet, not to coming to Christ and not asking for forgiveness to Him. We can give many excuses, but the banquet is not going to be postponed. You see, the Master, when they all gave these excuses, He didn't say, well, let's postpone the banquet. Let's, let's schedule a new day. Let's perhaps schedule a new day that will work out for everyone. No. He said that those men, those men who say no to me will not taste of my banquet. You see the gravity of this. You see how serious it is to neglect what the son is, is telling, what the king is telling us, what he is inviting us. We don't know what will happen tomorrow to us. Perhaps we will have no tomorrow also. Perhaps this will be the very last invitation that we hear. Perhaps this will be the very last day that we have. And we will meet the king face to face tomorrow. Are we going to give excuses once again? Are we going to postpone this for another time? There is no excuse before the king. Those men who ask to be excused found no tomorrow for them they found no second chance to repent so as this invitation is being given to you now hear his voice hear the calling that comes and thankfully this text this text doesn't end here 
But the master sends then a new invitation. He sends the invitation to new guests to attend to his banquet. And this new list shows us how first there is no limitation of people. We see that this new list, different than the first one, was sent to the poor, the crippled, the blind, the lame. People who had nothing to offer. People who had nothing to offer, nothing to, to offer back in order that they could partake of that supper. People who had nothing to show gratitude, nothing to, to buy their ticket to attend that banquet. But it's still, it's for those people, for these people that the offer of the gospel is being sent. It is for these people that the message of the king, that his house is open to receive for those who were outside, for those who had nothing to offer, the poor, the crippled, and the blind. And the offer of the gospel comes to those who are blind and poor, but not physically, not in a physical condition, no, but spiritually. Those who are blind, those who are deaf, spiritually. Those who are crippled, spiritually. Those who cannot do any works, those who feel that they are so unjust, so sinful that they cannot approach the holy God, those who feel that they are undeserving, those who had nothing to offer, it is for those that the gospel comes. It is for those who were blind and who couldn't see by themselves, those who by themselves would be left outside and had nothing to offer, it is for those who the message come, who the kings open his house and say, come, come unto me, all that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. It is for those that the master sends the new invitation. But also there is no limitation of place as well. We see in verse 21 that the master sent his servant into streets and lanes, but then in verse 23, we see that he sent his servant into the highways and hedges. So even further away, even into harder places, places hard to, to reach, places remote, places that would find people that were outcasts, outsiders, strangers. But it is to these hard places that the master sent his servant to compel these people to come in. You see what a beautiful picture we have here today. People from many different cultures, people from many different places testifying of this truth that the gospel call comes to all, to many different countries, many different cultures. The gospel call comes to all, regardless from where we come from or from what background we have or even what past sins we had committed. Perhaps some, uh, some of you still think that, oh, but I am unworthy of coming before Jesus, of coming before him. Oh, I am so great of a sinner that I would not dare approaching him because I know that God is just. I know that he is the judge of all. So I, I cannot approach him. But you see, the sicker you are, the more you need a doctor. Isn't it right? Or the hungrier you are, the more you need food. In the same way, the, more, the greater sinner you are, the more you need Jesus. 
the fact that you realize how sinful you are or how, how you have sinned against him, how you have neglected him so many times in the past. Oh, I say it so many times in the past. I want nothing with Jesus or I want nothing to do with church. I want nothing to do, to do with Christians or with the Bible or with the God of the Bible. But still, you are receiving this invitation and it is for you that the gospel call comes. And if you recognize that, that means that even more you need to come to him. Even more you need to come to Christ and ask for forgiveness. Even more you need the master to receive you in his house. And he is inviting you. He will receive you. But even though there is no limitation of people, there is no limitation of place, there is one limitation. There is a limitation of time. There is a limitation of time. You see, the feast is ready and there is no delay. The feast is not postponed. The master doesn't say, well, let's wait, perhaps next week. Let's see if next week these people will come. Perhaps next week it, it will work out to everybody. No, it says the feast is ready and it's not delaying. So he finds a new audience. Today, you're hearing his voice. Today you're hearing the message. You're hearing the call of Christ to come to him. Harden not your hearts. There is a limitation, a limitation of time. It will come a day in which will be too late or too far to come to him, as Spurgeon says. It will come a day in which will be too late as it was for those who gave excuses first. As it will be too far as for those who were cast outside into hell. There is a limitation of time. You are hearing today. Today you are hearing about this message. You are hearing about this Jesus who can forgive all of your sins. Do not wait for tomorrow. Do not give another excuse. Do not ask to be excused once again and once again and once again. Oh, maybe next week I'll, I will. Oh, maybe next week I will attend church. Oh, maybe next week I'll pray to Jesus and ask for forgiveness. Do not wait for tomorrow. The invitation comes today. So if you hear his voice, come to him. Answer the master. There is no hope by staying Outside, There is no hope by staying at the gates even. And there is no condemnation by coming to Jesus. You see, those who came to him, those who were crippled, blind, lame, poor, those who came to him, none of them were cast out. None of them were rejected. Jesus didn't say to no one, oh no, go back. You are so bad that I cannot have you here. Those who came to him, he opened his house and he welcomed them. So come to him. Come to him while there is time. While the message is being given to you. Come to the master and to his banquet. Taste of this reality. It's not enough just to know about God. Many of us do. Many of us would say, yes, I know there is a God outside, out there somewhere. Or even, oh yeah, I know about Jesus, right? He lived somewhere in Israel. He died on a cross. Yes, I know about that. It's not enough to know there is a banquet. 
if you don't partake of that banquet. It's not enough to know there is a God if you don't submit to him. It's not enough to know that Jesus exists and he, yes, he came, he was the son of God and he died on that Roman cross, he resurrected on the third day if you don't recognize that he is your savior. You see, the Bible say that the devils know and they even tremble before Jesus. They know so well who he is that they even tremble, they fear him. But he's not their savior. It's not enough to know there is a God. To know there is a Jesus out there somewhere. We need to come to him. To ask him to forgiveness. To ask him to be our savior. Our personal savior. To ourselves to taste of that banquet. To taste of that food. And what a beautiful picture it is. You see, Jesus is the master of the banquet here. And notice how he is all things. He is the master of the house, right? He is the one who sends the invitation. He is the one who prepares the food. And he is the food himself. Isn't it what the Bible says? That he is the bread of life. He is the water of life. He is the bread and the wine. You see, he is all things. All things are in him and for him. We don't need to do anything. We don't need to buy this for anything. We couldn't buy this with silver and gold or anything. He is all things. He's all in all. We simply come. We simply come to him. We cast ourselves before him and we ask for forgiveness. We ask him to be our savior, to be our master. And oh, what a beautiful thing it is to enter through those gates. To enter through those gates and to taste of that supper. To taste of the reality of being forgiven by Christ. In that moment, doesn't matter what we were before. Doesn't matter if we were blind, crippled, lame. Doesn't matter what background we had. Doesn't matter what we have. Our identity is changed in Him. We become new creatures. We become new creatures in Him by being found in Him. We don't belong to ourselves anymore, but we belong to Him, to Christ as our Savior. Oh, we can give so many excuses. We can say good things, bad things. We can use so many different excuses, even our sins as an excuse. Don't wait for tomorrow. As Jesus comes near today, as the master sends the invitation today, ask him to be your savior as well. And thirdly, perhaps you that are here today have already come to Jesus and you have already cast yourself before him and recognize him as your savior and master. So the Lord calls you today to be a compelling servant. He not only calls you to come and taste of his banquet, but he's commissioning you to go on in his mission as well. To become an evangelist and to take the gospel call to every creature, to everyone around you. Notice first the urgency of the servants. Notice on verse 21 how it says, go out quickly. He tells the servant, go out quickly. Well, if they must respond today, 
if there is a limitation of time and they must respond now, so we must go out now. We must go out quickly. What is the most important thing that we can tell our friends or our family? Is it about a, a good pantry that I know somewhere? No. It's about the gospel banquet. If they must respond now, we must share this message now. We must tell them quickly. There is a day that the king will come. And those who are outside will find no tomorrow. So we must go out now quickly and call them to come in. Notice how the master is commanding us to do this. He says, go out, bring in, compel them. It's all imperatives, commands that are given to the servants. You must go out. You must compel them. You must bring them in. He is commissioning us. Us we that have tasted of this banquet, we that have partaken of this supper, to go out and bring them in. He's commissioning us to share the same reality that we have experienced. And this also speaks of the fidelity of the servant. You see, to do this, to share the gospel, to preach the gospel, to proclaim the gospel to others, to our friends, to our family, to those around us, will take all of us, will demand all of our being, will consume us in so many ways. It's hard. You see, to go out into streets, highways, hedges, hard places, it's hard work. And will take all of us. A lot of people will close their doors in front of us. A lot of people will turn us off and say, no, I don't want you to speak about God. I don't want to hear about your Jesus. But we must do it. And the only way that we can do it is if we ourselves have tasted of this banquet. The only way that we can speak of this reality is if we ourselves have come in and partaken of this banquet. Jesus said to Nicodemus in John 3:11, Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know, of what we know, and we bear witness to what we have seen you see, the only way that we can tell about this, about this Jesus, is if we ourselves have seen him. Is, that, is if we ourselves have known him, have tasted of the banquet. Otherwise, we will not be able to do this. It will not be able for us to go out and compel them to come in. If they don't pray for themselves, we need to pray for them. We need to pray for them. We need to pray that the Lord will forgive them and will bring them to Him. If they do not care for the destiny of their souls, we must care for them. If they do not cry for their condition, we must cry for them. We must shed tears for them before the Lord and asking, Oh Lord, forgive them. Perhaps it is a son or a daughter that, or a relative that we have that is walking away from the Lord. We must care for them and we must pray for them. We must be compelling servants and trust that the Lord will compel them to come in. And this brings to the third point about the servant, that the, that the servant is dependent upon God. 
the truth is that by our by ourselves we could never compel no one to come in the truth is regardless of our ability to talk or to do things like that we can never convince anyone to come to Christ we can never compel compel people to come in and to taste of that supper it's nothing that we can do we depend on the work of the Holy Spirit we depend on the work of Jesus Christ of the Lord to compel sinners to come in we are under his dependence and his authority you see it's not my banquet it's not our banquet it is his banquet notice how Christ says in verse 24 verse 24 for I sent you none of those men which which were invited shall taste of my supper my supper Jesus is telling them that this is his supper I have no authority to call you to go to heaven and to be before the Lord and to taste of his supper by my own means but it's his invitation it is his supper we don't bring an invitation to my banquet I don't have any authority to let no man in it is his banquet the invitation that is brought forth before you today it's his invitation because it is his banquet it is his house his mansion his celestial feast in heaven come unto him come before the master it's not enough to know there is a Christ and there is a banquet if you don't taste of this banquet you see how the Lord says in verse 24 that those who asked to be excused found no tomorrow they found no tomorrow for them but what a good news it is that is still the host of the banquet is anxious to see his house filled see how in verse 22 he say go out until my house may be filled the host of the banquet is anxious to see his house filled there are many empty places here today but there is not going to be any empty place in heaven there is not going to be any empty chair in heaven all seats are going to be taken all those who are invited and compelled by the Holy Spirit will come in oh brothers don't ask to be excused don't miss the chance there is no condemnation by coming to Jesus by coming to Christ by coming to partake of the supper but there is no hope by staying outside this food that we come here today and we have here this food will pass this food will perish this food will be gone in a few days in a few weeks but the bread of life lasts forever coming to Jesus and partaking of this reality this is something that lasts forever so come to him ask him to be forgiven come to the master come to him and call him your master as well there is no condemnation by coming to him and there is no hope by staying outside amen let us let us pray to our Lord once again
O Lord our God. How majestic is your name, Lord, in all the earth and heaven. And we come before you recognizing that Jesus Christ is king, is the king of kings. That it is your banquet, Lord. It is your feast in the heavens. And the day is coming. Oh, Lord, what a sad reality it is. What a terrible reality it is to come on that very last day and find your eyes, Lord, upon anyone that is here today saying, Depart from me, you cursed. Oh, Lord, how terrible that would be. So, oh, Lord, have mercy on us. Have mercy on all of us who are here today and compel sinners to come in. Oh, Lord, open the eyes for those who are yet blind. Give ears to those who are deaf. And let us taste, Lord, of your supper. Let us taste of Jesus Christ. Let us taste of the reality of being forgiven by the Master. And, oh, Lord, how we long for the day that we will taste of this supper new in the kingdom of heaven. That evil will be no more. That death will be no more. That suffering will be no more. And we will find all things new in the kingdom of heaven forever and ever. So we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.